0: to its time on CSN International. The Daily Teaching Ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode, we'll be listening to senior pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of Mark. Each of the four Gospels has a different approach and different audience targeted by the Holy Spirit. The book of Mark is a fast-paced, action-packed tome focused on Christ's role as a servant. By studying the examples of Christ in the book of Mark, we can learn a great deal about what our life as Christians should look like and the heart of Christ. With our study on Mark, here's Pastor
1: Mike. Nobody wants to be alone. You know, I just enjoy being alone. Well, if that's the case, I can tell you this, that you have evidently been hurt by a lot of people. Because that's the only normal response that oftentimes we can have when people have hurt us. We build walls to protect our heart. And so every once in a while, we'll, um, you know, look over the wall to see if people, yeah, you guys are all still there. Just what I thought. See you later. But we build our defenses up to keep from being hurt. And God's desire in our life is that those walls would come down. Because, see, in you, he's put something wonderful and something precious and something holy. And, and, and that's to be on display because it changes the way people think about God. And I think a lot of times we think, well, God, my, my, my input or my contribution to your kingdom is so small, I, I, I really don't need to even try. Who told you that? You see, every person has something to contribute to God. Verse 1 of chapter 14. After two days, it was Passover, feast of the unleavened bread. Chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by trickery, by deception, and put him to death. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. You, you see, the people love Jesus. But the religious leaders, the established religious leaders, hated him. Because he was taking away their glory. You see, they, they never realized it's really about God. It's not about the Pharisees. It's not about the religious leaders of the day. Those with the, you might say, the scriptures under their arm. In their pious, righteous, self-righteous attitude. But it's about God. To him be the glory forever. Amen. But the problem is, is that there's these other things that go on. Well, notice here. Being in Bethany, at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. And she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some there who were indignant among themselves, saying, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? One of the other Gospels tells us that it was... um, uh, well, for, it says here, for it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. This is the old saying, no good deed goes unpunished. Here she may have thought, well, my contribution is small, but it's something that I really want to do. 300 denarii, friends, a denarii was about a day's labor. So this was one year's worth of wages that she broke and poured upon Jesus' head. The Bible tells us in the other Gospels that one in particular disciple was indignant, saying that this could have been sold and given to the poor. It's not that he cared about Judas, cared about the poor. It's that he was embezzling the disciples' money all along, and this was just more money that he could take. Well, no good deed goes unpunished. Friends, let, let me tell you something. Anytime you venture to do something for God, um, God notices. it, and, 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 and it has its effect. It doesn't say everybody. Notice it just says, but there were some. I, I'm pretty convinced that if you focus on the some, you'll never do anything for God. Because there's always going to be some that are always out to attack every single thing you do for God. Many of you who have your families and you you try to give them a Bible for Christmas or whatever, and you come into the ridicule and the scrutiny of of your family. Well, yeah, that's Mom giving us a Bible. Yeah, but boy, did you hear her Blower Top the other day in the store? Well, that's what the Bible says that. Um, no prophet is welcome within his own country. The reason why is this. They, they see your, your, your idiosyncrasies. They see your, your failures. But the truth of God's word remains the same. And, and the problem is, is that, see, if they can discount you, then they can justify discounting the message or that shining that God has placed in you, His Holy Spirit. You see, that's why a lot of times we build the walls, getting back to that. Because we don't want to be hurt, because it hurts to hurt. That's why, again, I believe church should be a a hospital, not a Christians on parade. Do you realize that a lot of times we'll come into church here and we'll sit down and you're really hurt? Look around. People really knew how bad I was hurt and they'd be over here talking to me. And you know what? You might be sitting next to somebody that's hurting worse than you are. And they're sitting next to you saying, I sure wish somebody would come up and talk to me. And then the person sitting next to them say, boy, the world sure beat me up this week. I sure wish somebody would come and talk to me. And so everybody walks out of church saying, boy, they were sharing friendly there this morning. <laughs> do you know, I, I, one, one day, one Sunday morning, I was in the back of the church when we were worshiping. And sometimes when I'm back there, I, I just pray and I go, God, what, what do you want to say to everybody? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm just a, I'm a goofus. God, what do you want to say to everybody? You know, when, one morning the Lord kind of said this. He said, if you could see on the outside people's hearts of what was really on the inside of them, the hurt and the darkness and the hopelessness, he says, you talk to them to encourage them. Friends, I don't know if this relates with anybody here, but I'll tell you something. If you've gone through it, you know what it is to go through it. You know know the hurt. Maybe maybe your wife or your husband's left you, or maybe your husband or wife has lied to you and and ripped you off, or or maybe your kids have stolen from you, or maybe your next-door neighbor is is trying to sue you. Who knows? And we just feel... and you just want to run away. And, 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 and there's that, that part inside of you that just wants to go. Let me, let me tell you something. We build walls to protect our heart. But see, God, in endeavoring to come to us, says, Yeah, but if you build the wall, you cannot, you won't be able to minister because people won't be able to see you. See, the, the thing that made Jesus so wonderful, but so vulnerable, was his transparency. Jesus was transparent. That was the whole purpose, friends, that he came. You see, all through the entirety of the Old Testament, people said, what's God really like? What's God really like? And you begin to look at when Joshua went into the Promised Land, and they began to uncover the idolatry that was there with the Canaanites and the Hevites and the Prezites and the Termites and all the otherites that were there. And they had their their little carvings of their gods. This, this, we carved this. This is what God is like. It was pagan idolatry. To carve an image and say, this is what God is like. But from the beginning of time, man has wanted to know, ever since we lost that in the garden, what is God like? And so the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ came in the express image of his father. So that when you would look at Jesus, as Jesus said in John 14, He that has seen me has seen the Father. You can know what God is like by looking at Jesus Christ. Friends, that's called transparency. There's no dark agenda in Jesus. There's no hidden motive in Jesus. And friends, as followers of Christ, that is what God's called us to. Now, unfortunately, sometimes we see today, we see people that call themselves Christians. We find here in the scriptures that the Pharisees were supposed to be the religious leaders of the day. But they were cloaked. They really weren't to represent God to the people. But they had their agenda. And what I'm saying is this, is that God uses you. In a world that doesn't know Him, as a light bearer. Jesus said, you know, a lot of people say, who's the light of the world? People say, it's Jesus. No, it's you. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You see, we're reflectors of God's grace and God's glory. And I, and, and I believe that in this, in this thing that we, we try to do and try to reach out. There's this, this, this you might say, this unmasking that comes about as who we are falls off and it becomes about Jesus. And friends, I see in my own life where if it's not that way, then I have not done my job. You see, that's what changes the way we live, the way we respond to one another, the way we love. If the only time you ever kiss your wife is when you're trying to snooky something wrong. If the only time that you're nice to people at your job is to take advantage of them, it's wrong. If the only time that we that we uh, uh, show manners is for somebody to show manners to us, it's wrong. And you'll, you'll find all the way through these cloaked vendettas that are all the way through the Bible to try to work against you, so that you will not be open to people. Something I found. Only hearts talk to hearts. Have you ever had somebody try to love you with their mind? It doesn't really work. It's it's a heart talking to a heart. You might find two guys in, in the Hallmark store, picking out a card. Somebody a casual... Observer would walk by and say, "Oh, look at those two men over there picking cards out for their wife. Oh, the ones with the pink and white on them. Oh, yes, yeah. they must really love their wives." Now, one guy is there genuinely going through the cards, looking for a card that kind of expresses his heart. Call me what you always call me, Kooky Pants, or whatever you know. And and, and 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 you know. Now the other guy. From a casual observation, they both look like they're there for the same reason. The other guy is there not because he's trying to find his wife a card. He doesn't want to eat burnt dinners for the next year. He's not there really to give her a card. He's really there to appease her or to make himself look good. There's a lot of things that people do to try to make themselves look good. And their motive is wrong. The casual observer would say, look, they both have the same motive, but friends, you don't know what the motive is. Why are these people buying their cards? Why are people blessing each other? And friends, if it isn't to reflect Christ, we're not doing it for the right reason. And Jesus, in His way, in His transparency, was able to reveal the dark side Of religion. The Pharisees had the word. They taught the word. They did not know God. And Jesus said it like this do what they say, but don't do as they do. Very important because he says, Jesus said to them, Leave this woman alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. When she broke that perfume bottle on Jesus and poured it on his head. That was a year's worth of wages. That could have been given to the poor, Judas said again in another one of the Gospels. And it wasn't just Judas. It says some of them there objected. Notice, by the way, it's not until the vessel is broken does the fragrance come out. That would be you and me. It's not until we're broken does what really God do inside of us come out. Jesus said, For you have the poor with you always. Whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me you do not always have. And what she has done, she's done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. This is evidently something that deeply concerned Jesus. He he knew that he was going to to be crucified in just a few more days. And this is something that that no doubt he thought about, friends. I don't know if you've ever had something that was before you that troubled you or was on your mind much, but uh, Jesus recognized what this was all about. And then verse 9, he says this, so surely I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the whole world, what this woman did will also be spoken as a memorial to her, God notices what you do. God sees what you do for Him. And this thing of just coming and pouring a very costly perfume on Jesus. You, by the way, Jesus is there in Herod's court, Pilate's court. The reason why this was very expensive, it was very good stuff. And I could just see Jesus being brought into Herod's court going, I've heard a lot of stories about you, but you sure smell good. Everywhere Jesus went, there was that sweet smell. Friends, let me tell you something. You have, the Bible says we're joint heirs with Christ. And I just want to encourage you, you have that sweet smell, that sweet fragrance of Jesus on you. The Bible says to some it's the fragrance of life. And to others, it's the fragrance of death. It just depends on the condition of the heart. And I'd invite you this morning to consider how valuable you are to God. You're valuable to God. I know sometimes we don't think that. I know sometimes when we go through the blue funks, we just think, well, I just want to give up and run away and you're valuable to God. You're valuable to God. And, and we build our walls, and we, we think, well, I can live behind this wall, still be a Christian. And friends, I, I think you probably could. But I just want to tell you, it's a very lonely way to live. You say, but Mike, I, I've taken a chance on people, I've taken a chance on Christians, and I've been burned. Let me tell you something. Jesus was burned, too. And when he could have called 10,000 angels, he did not, he just simply said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I would invite you to just let that fragrance of the Lord fill wherever you go. Remember, the fragrance doesn't come out unless the bottle's broken. Unless this old vessel is broken, we really don't show much forth of Jesus. You know why? Because until this vessel's broken, it's all about us. Hey. Yay, me. And God says, you know what? I love you so much that you need to understand that it transcends farther than just who you are. Do you realize that you're on this earth for something a lot bigger than just to exist? And I would invite you this morning to let God bless you heal you, restore you. say, but Mike, I'm not a Christian. My heart goes out to you. And this is why. This is why. Not, not only do we remain in our sins, because the Bible says there's no, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. There's no forgiveness of the sins. So first of all, we stay in our sins. Our sins are what blinds us and numbs us to the presence of God. Now, the, the, when, when you're right with God, you, 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 I know sometimes people come in here, and during the worship service, and the Holy Spirit's kind of touching people's hearts, and there's some people with their hands up, and some people are going, "Oh Lord," you know, and other people are going, what are they doing? You know, well, all I can tell you is this. If you're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you don't hear the Holy Spirit. And what I have found that separates me from God is sin. Now, that's my... And you say, well, Mike, what's sin? Is that drinking? It's anything that says... I'm going to do these things in my life to define who I am. I can be anything. Do you realize you can say, well, I'm going to get me the biggest Bible that the bookstore sells. You know one of those ones that you see on people's tables, on their coffee tables? One of them great big ones? Because they'll think I'm a big Christian. I have a big Bible. Well, carrying a big Bible isn't going to get you anything. We think we do something to make us something. And the Bible says, Jesus made us who we are. So, you stay in your sins without Christ. But the other thing is, the only perspective you have of life is your own. Or what your friends or people that you think are smarter than you are have to say to you. Hollywood, movies, songs and the lyrics on the radio, whatever. And God says, listen, I've got another way for you to live. Repentance is saying, God, I don't want to try to define my life anymore by my standards. I, I don't have to put a lampshade on my head to be the life of a party. Because if the people that I'm trying to impress are impressed by me having a lampshade on my head, do I need to be there? What I'm saying, it changes the way you live. It changes the way you see things. And then you begin to realize you've got a God that loves you, that's going to take care of you, that's going to bless you, that leads you into paths of righteousness. As Psalm 23 says, for His name's sake. You know a lot of people don't catch that? The Bible says He leads us into paths of righteousness for His name's sake. You say, well, what's the difference? There's a big difference. See... I would be led into paths of righteousness for my name's sake. That would be good for me to live in paths of righteousness. But you know what the Bible says? God leads us into paths of righteousness because he is blessed when you do well. For his name's sake, for his purpose, you do well. The kingdom of God is furthered. If you've never received Christ, you can. We're going to pray this morning. and uh, Maybe you've been distant from the Lord. Maybe things are not right. I just want to invite you to pray. As we looked at this story today, how this woman came and blessed Jesus, poured this ointment on her head, there's people always going to object to whatever you do for God. But listen, Jesus said, wherever this gospel is preached, this is going to be mentioned as well. Friends, wherever the gospel is preached, what you do for God never goes unnoticed. So I would invite you to start living for something that's going to last, rather than something that's just temporary. So if you've never prayed, you've never asked God in your life, I I just invite you, let's get rid of the sin. And let God do what He wants to do. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I recognize God, I've tried to define it my own way. The only opinion that ever mattered was mine. Lord, now I repent. And I ask you, God, to redefine my life. Born me anew by your Spirit. Put your Spirit in me. Put your Holy Spirit now in me so that I'll live for you each day. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me, his blood covered my sins. And so from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. Thank you for eternal life. I don't have to be scared about dying anymore. And so, Lord, thank you for all you've done for me in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. It's Pastor Mike Kessler on It's Time. If you've missed any part of today's episode, I'd like to inform you that we offer It's Time for free as a podcast download in the iTunes Store. If you'd like a hard copy that you can keep and share, give us a call at 800 357 4226, and the operator can help you with that. Don't forget, It's Time to Grow. Pastor Mike's book on the Christian walk is also available completely free for you by calling that toll free number I just mentioned. Tune in next time for more It's Time.